Hey, before we get started, I want to introduce you to the Demystifying Diversity podcast. Biracial journalist Darylise Lyons has interviewed more than 100 people, academics, politicians, thought leaders, advocates, activists, and even an incarcerated inmate for an in-depth exploration of a wide range of topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Every other week for 10 weeks, she'll invite you to join her to learn more about a topic related to diversity. This podcast encourages listeners' participation, so in alternating weeks, Darylise and her co-collaborator, Anne-Marie Jones, will host a Q&A episode in which they answer listeners' questions. I was excited to be featured on this podcast, and I really hope you listen and ask some questions. So here it is now, the trailer for Demystifying Diversity Podcast. Now more than ever, issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion are at the forefront of the conversation. Every day, we see evidence of the devastating impact of racism, xenophobia, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, ableism, fat phobia, gender discrimination, and many other forms of othering. People are hurting, and the first step to embracing our shared humanity is to listen to those we perceive to be different than ourselves. Join us this September for the first season of the Demystifying Diversity podcast, where you will hear expert opinions, interviews, and personal narratives of pain, resilience, and hope. You can't have these kind of conversations without eventually getting to the point of the original sin of our country, which was slavery. I have friends. I have actual people in my life whose family members have been killed because of Islamophobia. My parents were both in concentration camps and they suffered you know, very great trauma. Hate crimes against LGBTQIA people have only risen as we've gotten rights. I don't think eating disorders are really about desiring thinness. I think they're about desiring desirability. When somebody is trying to speak about you without you, things can go horribly wrong. By listening to the voices of others, we're taking the first step to bringing about change. Listening is a choice, and all action is is a personal choice, right, to move one direction or another. And so I think, at the very least, a generous listener has taken the action to listen, which is huge. Season one of the Demystifying Diversity podcast starts in September. Subscribe now for free wherever you get your podcasts and join us in our mission to create a more inclusive world. We could be the healing When you're feeling all alone We can be the reason To find the strength to carry on In a world that's so divided We shall overcome We can be the healing We can be the flower in the gun We can be the healing I feel as though we are continuously approaching that moment of if we can't figure out how to come to the table, how to get over our own ideologies and be willing to sit down and just at least at least listen to someone that disagrees with you. That does not mean you have to put up with racists. Let me clarify that. That does not mean that you have to tolerate somebody being hateful. 
but that means just literally listening to someone that disagrees with you, mm-hmm. listening to someone that has a different perspective and approach on how we move forward, then we are continuously heading on this path of splintering and, and breaking apart. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. And so, we are what, week two? And to our new co host, welcome, Farrah. Burr, 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 burr. You love those air horns. I love air horns. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, uh, we are actually in both in Philly today. Yay. So, that's why you hear a better sound quality. That's why it sounds like we're in the same place because we are. Because we are. We are both in Rec Philly. Got to see a little tour of the place. It's beautiful here. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Ruck Philly for uh, giving the space for creators in the city. I low-key would like to, if I still lived in Philly, like this kind of makes me want to move back to Philly. On top of like, you know, doing this with you, but it's like, it's Philly. Yeah. Philly, 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 Philly Philly's kind of rough. We talked about that <laughs> on, the, on the way down. Um, Don't get me wrong. I love Philly. I rep Philly so hard, but Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into some of, I mean, we got into a little bit of why Philly is rough on the last episode. We'll get into a little bit of it today. And I'm um, sure we'll get a little bit every week. Yeah, because it's Philly. <laughs> it's, it's something new going on in Philly, literally every, something new and crazy that just makes you say like, yo, what the fuck, Philly? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? So, what's going on, Farrah? Any quick updates you got? Um, No, other than I'm in Philly, I didn't do shit this week, which is partially great, partially not, because I have homework. But <laughs> no, just being back home and chilling. Yeah, I don't know if I have any. I mean, honestly, if I think hard enough, I, I have some updates. But like, I don't want to feel I don't want to think about it because it's work. Yeah. So then you don't so have like, anything. Yeah. I don't want no it's OK. It's y'all. OK to not have that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's real. We live in a world of social media where everything has to be like you always have to be talking about what you're, what's the new thing you're doing and what you had for breakfast this morning and all that. And it's really okay to like not share those things sometimes. That That's so true because like I talk to the people all the time and you know, one of the first things I say, especially if I have a period where I don't like engage a lot on social media because I definitely go through them yeah. and they're like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. What are you doing? Like, I haven't seen you post anything. It's like, cause I've actually been busy outside of social media yeah. doing a bunch of shit and yeah. like, there's a lot that happens that I don't post and I don't share. So, yeah, I we, there's this like you have to if you, if you share it on social media, that means you're busy and you're doing right. something. And if you're not, that means you're not doing right. anything. I don't traditionally post a whole lot of like. Yeah. I mean, I'll post sometimes, but I'm just not one of those people that like when I'm out and about doing things and having fun or whatever that I'm like taking pictures and having to post. It's like, no, I'm too busy doing what I'm doing then to worry about what I'm going to post on social that's media. That's real. So. I, I definitely, I have a, a social media intern that's been helping me out mm-hmm. um, with different things, but I might, I might try to find this. One day I'll level position. up and like get an intern like you, but I'm, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I, I have to remind myself when I am out, like I have to take a picture for this and like put it up, but it's like, I, I don't, I don't want to. So I end up not doing it. So, so not well, that I have a life and like do things, but, yeah, but like 
taking pictures everywhere is like the requirement every time you go somewhere new isn't it i'll like, take a picture a but i won't necessarily post it yeah same oh my god same. I, have I have so many pictures in my camera roll that thousands. will never see social media just because i don't want them to i'm gonna i have an app that i usually i haven't been doing it but i'm going to start doing it where you can get like 85 free prints um of the month for like three bucks or something printed out and they send them to you and i want to do that for like just i I have it so that i can like get pictures off of my camera roll and like out of my computer because i want to have photographs like tangible things that my daughter can take and see because i have you know pictures of my childhood some of it anyway and like you know older relatives we're going to we're going to exist in a world where we don't have pictures of our great great grandparents Yeah. yeah I don't. I don't want to live in that world. I don't even like eighty-five of my pictures. <laughs> so, and that's. I didn't why say that I, I was in them. them. I didn't say that I was in them. I just said, you know, that you can get those. That sounds dope. I have to figure find that. I'll send. I'll send you. I'll send you a link. All right. Cool. All right. So let's get into politics meets pop culture. You want me to kick it off? Um. You you put the first one down. I did. I want to know about this. I didn't. I purposely didn't look it up. I was like, what the hell. <laughs> It was it was a it was a thing for just a, for a not long it, it was a thing for a minute but then it wasn't because people realized that it really wasn't a thing. Mm. So Joe Biden was in Florida and he was introduced by I I don't know the name of the artist. I just know the song. The guy who sings Despacito. Mm-hmm. He had an event with him and he was introduced by him. He was he was out on the stage. You know, they were social distance. He had his own podium. So in the shot, you only see Joe Biden coming out from behind the stage. And then he's like, oh, oh, wait a minute. And then he plays Despacito in Florida. And he's like, nice. you know, doing like the old white man dance thing. And it people went into an uproar. But as you so this is all you get. You just see a video of Joe Biden coming out at a Latinx event in Florida and then playing Despacito. And that's it. And so out of context, it's, it's like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, because Joe Biden is a fucking gaffe machine. Like yeah. everything that comes out of his mouth is the wrong thing, even though he means well. It's just not it's not right. <laughs> and yeah. so initially I was like, oh, what the fuck did this nigga do now? And then after doing more re- looking into it, doing more research, I found out that. It, the the gentleman who sings Despacito introduced him. He was still out on the stage with him, and he, you know, it was it was like a thing. That that it was a whole thing between them. Yeah. yeah, like so it became a thing. I think now we both know I have a Twitter account, but I don't use it because I don't <laughs> care about Twitter. I've just recently like attempted to be more involved in Twitter, but I just I don't. It it doesn't it doesn't grab me so I just hop on and off but the outrage that I saw was f- from white people so I think that's why it didn't really go anywhere because now I could be wrong I don't know many Latinx pe- I don't have many Latinx friends that I keep in contact with at the moment but from what I saw on social media it was white people who had the outrage and it wasn't the Latinx community that had the outrage you know I have this and I'm I'm not even going to dive deeper into it but I have this theory that the I the the co-opting of cancel culture and the why the reason why it's become cancel culture and so toxic is specifically because, because of, white, of people? white people yeah I'm not going to go into it any further but I, I mean I think cancel cancel culture needs to stop 
it just needs to stop because it lean it lends no space for nuance but then nice. but then the funny <laughs> what makes it the story even crazier is that donald trump retweeted a doctored version of the video <laughs> it's a doctored version of the video with Biden playing NWA fuck the police. Huh. Like, yeah, see, now that's and actually he, funny. And he retweeted it like three times. And each time Twitter had to say that it was a doctored video. <laughs> that was great. That's that's actually hilarious. <laughs> and I, kind of worth sharing because like, yeah, fuck the police. Yeah. So like. But in the comedy the in it is that <laughs> Joe Biden is not yeah. one of the abolish the police right. or defund right. the police, which are two different things. Yeah. We have to continue to say that he's not either one of those things. Yeah. He's like the conservative Democrat. He's a conservative Democrat. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's 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 funny. I can just like picture the whole like meme video Biden coming out and his weird little pop pop dancing and yeah walking. and you know he's to, like to, he's holding the phone yeah. sideways and doing the little white man bop y'all gonna have to look that up and tell me what y'all y'all thoughts behind <laughs> that uh, to be fair a lot of politicians love playing like pop culture music yeah. related to the people that they are speaking to mm-hmm. and i think it's i think that is what like you know the karens of the world were probably running towards the yeah. second that they saw it so without context you're right cancer culture is incredibly toxic yeah uh, moving on. So L.A. Sheriff tells LeBron to to match the reward money in the shooting of these two okay. these two officers. Like what? Nigga, what? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I mean, you know. Why? Why? Why is is because shut up and dribble? You is that, is that what that was? It's it's, it's like a <laughs> shut up and dribble. But also, if you care about like violence then you need to be how about he matches lebron's donation to black lives matter how about that but it, it's the argument is because like it's not saying that he's actually going to do it it's well yeah. it's, it's like a calling out of like oh conflating the argument that defunding the police means you want no police which means or you that are you sanctioning see police, the violence of right. people being murdered, of police officers being murdered, or which that, is like ridiculous. Or that you want the police to be shot down in the streets. Yeah, it's it's these these government officials, these sh- police sheriffs and commissioners are all just like we did a we did a whole series of episodes related to defund the police uh, a few weeks ago. That like you know, there's not many of them that go into policing the mm-hmm. idea behind policing should be a decreased need for the amount of police we have on the streets right right like the whole idea of it the way we approach it in american concept is de-escalation which means that at some point you should reduce the need of, right. some, of that yeah. thing and if you're not doing it if you're constantly increasing it then that means it's not working so still defund the police and like nobody understands that concept of like it's a. It's not just a deterrent. It's meant to be a, a thing put into place so that we no longer need that thing. Yeah. Right. You address the crime. Once the crime is addressed, you scale back. 
Right. It's like the, it's the concept of why they make these fucking punishments ridiculous. so harsh as, as a deterrent when it's like that that shit doesn't fucking work. Perfect example of capital punishment. Right. Like right. if capital punishment actually worked, then there would be no capital. punishment. We wouldn't, exactly. I. Oh, my God. I get into these discussions with fucking morons <laughs> all the time. Y'all are. So with, with Farah, because we're doing this, we've changed the format a little bit. Y'all going to hear a lot more of my opinions on uh, some of these. Topics. I think it's great. I think it's, I do. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think it's important important for journalists to be apolitical or even if they're not apolitical you don't know what their politics are right like that I think that to an extent journalists should be that way but there comes a point to where it's like okay no this is just wrong and you have to say it well what the way I look at it is like I agree like you have to call out the wrong as it is but there's also truth seeking. Yeah. Right. And and common sense. And so in truth seeking and common sense and getting to the root causes of things, you start to pull on these threads and realize that, like, OK, if we just pursue the thought experiment for the need of police or capital punishment or anything. Right. The whole purpose of instituting that thing, policing, capital punishment, or just any type of punishment with with criminal activity is to reduce the 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 thing that's happening, right? Like the, to reduce the crime, and so right. I institute prisons. The whole goal is to reduce crime. Well, if prisons is not helping to reduce crime and rehabilitate people, then we need it's to re- we need to reconfigure working. this shit. That's not a relation to a political ideology. That is fucking common sense. Yeah. So anyway, common um, sense ain't common though. Got to remember that. Common sense is not common. Common sense ain't common. Yeah. I need that on a t-shirt or something. (laughs) I like t-shirts. Give me my royalties. Uh, (laughs) Somebody already has that on a t-shirt. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Somebody send me a free t-shirt if you got it. I want one too. Moving on. Everything is local. So you're in Philly now. So we got to talk about what's happening in Philly. Okay. So I found it to be just amazing. If you are voting from home. Voting by mail, you won't be able to get your ballot right now. Yeah, because it, they were supposed to have been ready on the fourteenth, but the Green Party went and fucked that up. So now there is a whole court case and an appeal that the Democrats just filed an appeal. No, not the Democrats. There's well, they're still in court because you know, Yes, the Democrats did file an appeal because the Green Party was fighting to get on the ballot after the deadline, and so. They went to court. The judge ruled in the presidential candidate's favor, not the vice presidential candidate's favor. So the vice president, as it stands, the vice, the president nominee for the Green Party's name is to be printed on the ballot. The Democrats are fighting that. So there is an appeal. So currently you guys have no mail-in ballots Yep. that you should have gotten on the 14th. Yep. Which is a fucking atrocity in the middle of a fucking pandemic. And it's there, there's so much happening. I talked to being like a community organizer and talking to a lot of people in Philly. They are as as I, I find this information very easily accessible sometimes. But even I still have a hard time because of so many court cases that's happening mm-hmm. right now. 
keeping up with what's the latest and when ballots are going to be ready yeah. and when they'll be received. I think that's true like everywhere, that. though. But the the other side of it is like, if I know I've, I'm having a hard time keeping up with everything, the people who aren't paying attention to it have no fucking clue of what's happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and I'm tuned into this shit on a daily, weekly basis. So, like, I talk to so many people on the ground that are just like, I have no fucking clue how I'm voting, when I'm voting, or anything, because there's just every day is a new thing. And, you know, the other side of that, what's what's happening locally, is PA court rules that restrictions on COVID were too burdensome for businesses, right? And so that was a decision that went against the governor of PA, and so Trump appointed judge, by the way, that also has a lot of playing into like, OK, well, what what is the situation as far as it relates to COVID? It's going to be like if the judge is ruling that it's, you know, they were too burdensome. Does that mean restrictions are going to be lifted when we do come to you know voting in November? There's also the whole this just came out last night, which is actually good news on this front was the federal judge ruled that the post office have to mm-hmm. practically undo everything that they did mm-hmm. to like remove. They were they were sorting machines. machines. Right. They were take going to corners and literally removing mailboxes. I actually saw a friend of mine um, who lives in Philly posted a picture of downtown, and the mailbox had a like a lock. Like a fucking like you know the car lock shit mm-hmm. that we that we the used to put yeah, yeah yeah it had it had essentially had one of those on it was two mailboxes next to each other and they both had the little lockbox thing on yeah. it like are you fucking kidding me so you got all of these things taking place and for the average person who has already all of these other concerns that was it relates to like COVID and a job and school and healthcare. And how much money they have in their account if they're getting paid for unemployment and fucking life. (laughs) Like, now I got the burden of, like, figuring out what's the latest court case as it – the many court cases in Philly and in PA as it relates to fucking voting. Something that should be pretty basic. Like – Like, one of the most, like, celebrated things in our democracy. I have to fight to figure out what it is that I can do. And I'm luckily enough to be in a state where I can vote early. So I'm 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 not going to vote by mail. I'm going to vote early because I well, I want to lessen the burden on the mail. <laughs> and then where I can go and vote because I live out in the county. I live in the suburbs. Well, up up here we say the county, but in Georgia it's the suburbs. So I live in the I live in the suburbs, so I I my voting location is fairly it's like it's like never anybody there for when I go and vote and so I know I'll be able to do it safely and so I'm going to vote early but it's it's, it's just it's fucking wild that's 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 wild as shit yeah it's it's I don't even know I got so many again I keep saying every once a week there's these moments where I say, like, yo, Philly, what the fuck? Like, what the actual fuck is happening in this city? I and say in that the about state, in the country. Really, I say but. that. I say that every day, a few times a day, especially in Georgia. I mean, you know, you say that about Philadelphians in particular and, and Mayor Kenny. But I, I say that about Brian Kemp all the time. Well, that motherfucker. Brian Kemp is fucking diabolical. Yeah, he he's like literally. I mean, like he he attack he. 
This nigga went after the the black female mayor and no one else over the masks. Yep. He only went against her. Like these niggas hate they like they hate black people. They hate women. Like it's in, it's insanity. And and the thing is they don't they don't even really care about poor white people. They don't care about them niggas either. Mm-hmm. They only care about the elite. And by elite, I don't mean I don't mean all of the elites. They care about the white elite. Yep. And that's it. Yeah, it's you know, white people are really white Republicans specifically are really diabolical. They in, are in the way that like they, especially once they get into power. But even the the incentive as to why they got into office to begin with is really about power mm-hmm. and money and, and wielding it and wielding it against other people not just wielding it but wielding it against other yeah. people that they feel as though are lesser than mm-hmm. and are are less deserving of something the epitome of white republicans sickening. is i won't even say donald trump because i don't even think he really has a true ideology about himself he's just he he only for himself not necessarily for the republican party that's just a tool for him to do whatever the fuck he wants to me, the true epitome of what a white Republican is, is Matt Gates. Mm. Oh, my God. That dude is literally the worst. He's the fucking devil. We're going we gonna to have to do another episode on... on uh, we Honestly, I don't want to dedicate a whole episode to we him. We don't have to dedicate We'll have to dedicate episode. a very a future like some time to the the government official with the most DUIs in Congress, <laughs> Matt Gates. And I love how... And it was my congressman... That called him out yeah. at that at that at that hearing. He called him out on his shit, and I I loved it. I was like, "Yes, Hank Johnson, you." That's he's my congressman. I loved it. Yeah. I loved All right, it. we're gonna take a real quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna dive into this main topic. Hey everybody, I know throughout this pandemic, everyone has been saying we're all in this together. Well, here at Salas Corner, I want to really hear from you and what you're enduring during this pandemic. Give us a call and leave us a voice memo and we'll play that on our next episode of Salas Corner. That number is 267-225-5891. Share with me your thoughts, your feelings, things that you're doing to survive during this pandemic and you'll get your memo featured on the next episode of Salas Corner. All right, welcome back. Our main topic. You know, I really came up with this, like, literally, what was, was it? Like, was it midnight? It was pretty close to midnight. Yeah. It's yeah. actually. But that's cool, though, because it's like, you want, I want it to be something that's like a pressing thought or yeah. something that's important. So, yeah. And that I, I felt as though it would be something that could be a discussion that we both can come through to with different perspectives on as well. Mm-hmm. And so the topic is, is what is needed most in this moment to improve or save democracy. And so I'll, I'd love to, I want to hear you. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear you what you hear think. My thoughts? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, the reason why I put improve or slash save democracy, because I really, I really feel as though we are at a very critical moment, very unlike any other moment that's happened the only the closest moment that we've ever been to that like this i would compare it to the civil war and in the sense of that like you know i i've had conversation with folks 
you know, as, when I talk about community organizing and, you know, off the record most of the times, but, you know, I think this might be the first time I'm saying this on the record, actually. I really feel like unless there is a moment that brings people together in a way where they put aside their ideologies and come to the table willing to listen to someone that's different from them, we are going to continue on this moment of splintering. Uh, splintering to the point where we have no choice but to, you know, face some tense conflict. Right. And so right now there is nothing that's doing that. I thought the pandemic would be it or I was at least hopeful that the pandemic would be it. Right. And so similar to 9-11. Right. 9-11 happened. The country. I won't say entirely. But a large part of the country was willing to come together in different moments and, and sacrifice and and sacrifice some of because a know, lot of similar civil liberties went to the wind at right. that time. And, and so and let's also not forget, because to be fair, there was a lot of racists in that moment that targeted Muslims, that targeted Arabs, that targeted anybody of Middle Eastern descent um, or it looked like they were like they Eastern were descent. as a terrorist. Right. But. You know, that was a huge problem. And I think a lot of what we see today is embedded into what took place immediately after 9-11. Mm-hmm. But that was still a moment where people were like, you know what, let's at least try to, like, figure this shit out. Yeah. Let's come to the table. We're not going to agree. They did not agree. Right. And but let's at least come to the table and figure it out. We don't have that right now. The pandemic was not it. It, it lasted a week, maybe. You know, with the passing of the legislation that 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 uplifted, you know, what, six hundred dollars additional in unemployment and mm-hmm. then that stimulus check. But even that was very contentious and to the point where we have not seen anything like that since then. And so we don't have that moment. And, you know, I, I think back to, you know, looking through like history as it relates to like the Civil War. They continued on this path of not being able to agree on how the government was going to continue, how democracy was going to continue. Mm-hmm. One side was not willing to come to the table. At the time, it was the Democrats before, you know, parties flipped. And, you know, the Civil War happened, right? And so, like, today we are, I feel as though we are continuously approaching that moment of if we can't figure out how to come to the table how to get over our own ideologies and be willing to sit down and just at least, at least listen to someone that disagrees with you. That does not mean you have to put up with racists. Let me clarify that. That does not mean that you have to tolerate somebody being hateful, but that means just literally listening to someone that disagrees with you, mm-hmm. listening to someone that has a different perspective and approach on how we move forward then we are continuously heading on this path of splintering and and breaking apart. What I think we need the most right now to save democracy is civil rights lawyers. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of these things are being fought in the courts. Yes. Right. And so when we talk, when we, you know, we talk about what what led up to everything that we just said was court cases in Pennsylvania, on restrictions of COVID, right? That was a court case. Court case on mail-in ballots, right? That's a court case. There's literally court cases being fought on the Civil Rights Amendment 
rights as it relates to protections for for voting. Right. Those are all of these court cases are being fought behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and it's allowing folks to continue this fight that we're doing. If those civil rights lawyers were not in place, we would see far more oppressive restrictions in place and we would see a much faster splintering of folks fighting in both in protests in the streets and in the halls of Congress. And because of those civil rights lawyers, they I feel as though they are the one thing that is really saving democracy from a party that seems not to be interested in, in governing. Governing. Yeah, I and, see that. And, and, and not, let me clarify that actually, not interested in governing for all people. They are interested in governing for people that look like look them. Look like them, yeah. And putting protections in place for people that look like them and stripping protections for people that don't look like them and represent a, a, you know, a separate thing. And so I know I'm going on a long rant, but like, the I, it's much needed. I, I it is actually because I've <laughs> I've really been thinking about this for a long time, and you know when I thought about thought about how we kind of move forward past this, the only thing, protection that's literally in place right now, the only people that are fighting for those protections to keep them in place, yes, there are Democrats in you know state legislatures and cities some. and you know in Congress some that are Democrats. that are fighting some for sure, but. The the real the hardline protections right now are those civil rights attorneys. Yeah, for sure. And without them right now, specifically because there there seems to be this this notion with both um, the Republican Party and Donald Trump that are trying to continuously push and remove restrictions and remove protections that have been in place since the civil rights movement away from black people and mm-hmm. people of color. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, that's that's definitely like one of the things that we need. Because I think people just think that these things just come naturally and that there weren't these civil rights attorneys and that were, that were doing the work to and, and, and fighting for, for, for it. Yeah, I completely agree. And like, you know, when when you think back to some of the major progressive things that have taken place, right? Like gay marriage, that's civil rights attorneys. Yeah. You know, that 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 does not happen without civil rights attorneys, mm-hmm. right? You know, everything that took place in the civil rights era was civil rights attorneys. You know, and with because there's such a strong push, abortions protections, civil rights attorneys, none of illegal this search happens. and seizure civil with rights civil attorneys. rights attorneys. Like all of this doesn't happen and and doesn't take place without civil rights attorneys. And right now, because there's such a strong push to remove protections on people from voting, put in all of these, you know, we saw, was it 10 years ago with all of these new voter ID laws. Now we are seeing them trying to ban mail and ballots. Like without civil rights attorneys fighting all of these cases, yeah, it would be fucking chaos. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. That's, def- that's definitely something that people need definitely need to be more cognizant of. And I think that lends into what my what I think needs to be done to save or improve democracy I think they go hand in hand is just civic engagement like education we need to start teaching civics again 
Yeah. Like, yeah. we need to teach our kids what it is to be involved in your democracy. They they systematically and purposefully removed it from education or even blocked people from learning about it, period. So much so that people don't even understand how the levers of democracy work and why you have to be involved and why you have to vote every two years. You know, it's like people are so consumed with the presidency that they don't understand that Congress exists and they're the ones who make, you know, the law, the legislation, you know, we, we, we need to teach our kids and each other. I'm not, I'm no pro in this. I'm learning, learning something new every day. And even once I get my degree, I'm still going to be learning because that degree don't really mean shit, you know, but like we have to learn to, we have to learn to be engaged and we have to teach people why it's important and why it's enjoyable. Yeah. Like you're, you are the boss. Like we're the boss. We, we, I am, I am, Brian Kemp's fucking boss. We hired these people. Whether right. we voted for them or not. Whether you voted for them or not, they got hired to represent you. They are paid out of my dollars. Right. To, rep- to represent you and making and represent you in the government and, and working in your best interest. And when they're not working in your best interest, they need to be fired. Yeah. Now, granted, because we are living such an expansive world in such a diverse place you aren't going to get everything that you want right and i really need people to understand that you are never going to get everything you want you won't even get that from your kids you won't get that from your spouse you won't get that from your mama it's we have to learn to that compromise is not a dirty word when done correctly and we have to educate ourselves and civic engagement and then when when that falls apart that we have this backup plan of civil rights attorneys constant not even when it falls apart when it's used incorrectly we have these civil rights attorneys there for us to 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 fight for us and fight for our rights whether it's something that you agree with or not you may not agree with the crazy trump supporter on the corner with the bullhorn but those civil rights attorneys will fight for that person's freedom of speech. And at the end of the day, it's protecting your freedom of speech, too. Yeah. It's, Even when it's distasteful, sometimes it's it's necessary. And and that's, you know, that's such an important element of, of all of this, right, is like the protections are in place for everybody. But then also, like, understanding that compromise is not showing weakness it's mm-hmm. actually a plan of actual progression yeah but that doesn't mean that you don't ask for what you want and right. don't demand for what you want right and so like you just don't cancel them when you can't get everything right <laughs> especially when you have no choice but to find ways to work with them right. because otherwise nothing happens like everything comes to a standstill unless you know you 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 know, want to just tear everything down, which some people believe in um, and believe that is a path. But if everybody's not on that path, you know, you'll be out there on your own in Anarchy Island and you won't be really getting anything done. Um, So if I would say if anyone, if you can, 
don't just donate to black organizations. Donate to the ACLU because yeah. they are out there doing the work. I'll, I'll also say, you know, look into the work for the NAACP uh, Legal Defense Legal Fund. Legal Defense Fund, right. They do, they do phenomenal work. Yes. Sherilyn Eiffel is the shit. Is, you know, all, let, let me let me clarify some of the work that they do. Most of the protections that we see today that came out of the civil rights movement came from the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Facts. So it's right there. Right? <laughs> Enough you know? said. And, and to the to today, they're still you know in place and fighting for a lot of these protections and advancing more and many more. And so you know, look into the work that they do because that's a great way of just educating what's taking place. But then absolutely find ways to support the ACLU because you know, or donate to both, even if it's five bucks, right, two right. bucks, a dollar. The other side of it is, is like, you know, I posted uh, a video yesterday because, you know, I saw the I mean, I've, I, I, I know I've known this statistic for a while, but we've seen decrease with support for Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we saw a rise in June, but now we're seeing a, 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 That's a because people decline, have shit else to do, which is fair. But like. Don't end with the protests. Right. Like there's a lot of action that can be taken there's a lot of things that you can do if you even if you can't make it out to the street there's a lot of phone calls that you can make there's people that you can write email and things like that we're gonna wrap this up we're gonna come back with the whack ass of the week here at salah's corner i am always looking to connect with new people hear new perspectives and share new stories and right now i want to hear from you Email me at realtalk at salazcorner.com and we can get your story featured on our next episode. All right, welcome back. That was a good discussion. Yeah. I think we could have we could have took that like another like hour longer. Yeah, we have plenty I, of time. I had some I had we'll some have other plenty thoughts of episodes. On that. Yeah, for sure. All right, so <laughs> whack ass of the week. You wanna go first? You want me to go first? Sure, I'll go first. My whack ass of the week is ice. Yeah. Ice is trash. ICE has, there's a whistleblower um, report out right now where ICE has been accused of in a, in a detention center in Georgia, private detention center in Georgia, of forced hysterectomies on detainees. On top of the fact that they're deporting women who are key witnesses in sexual assault cases, yeah. as well as deporting the women who have had hysterectomies and not wanting them to talk after have, having them for three years in detention and now all of a sudden you want to deport them. So yeah, ice is trash. Um, ice is whack as fuck. That's a that's a topic that I I want I was going to actually bring make a part of this podcast, but I felt as though we weren't going to do it enough justice. And I actually want to try to find somebody to bring on and talk about that. That'd be awesome. Because there is a direct relation to what's happening there to genocides throughout history. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. I'm just that's that's that. My my whack ass, I don't think even comes close in comparison <laughs> to that. Honestly, I mean, all whack asses are whack. I just wanted to be different, and I wanted to throw out there Michael Caputo. If you <sighs> don't know who he is, this motherfucker is wild, like wild, 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 fucking bonkers. So he's a former Trump appointee that ended up resigning recently because he did a Facebook Live video talking about his mind was crazy. <laughs> And told people to grab their guns and get ready because they're not going to 
let Trump win, and it was fucking bonkers. That um, shit was wild as fuck. I saw was, that and I was astounded. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. And honestly, I really only think he resigned because like it was just a, too much of a distraction, not because of what he actually said. Yeah, um, I can see that. I'll I'll post what he said in the in the stories, but I'll let everybody out there vote on our whack ass of the week. Any closing? Get out there and vote. Be active in your community. If you can't be active in your community, teach your kids something. Teach your, your friend something. Teach your spouse something. Donate to the ACLU and the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Appreciate it. Good, good, good words of advice. We're going to end it there. Thank you, Farah, as always. Thank you. It was our a new pleasure. Co-host. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to email me all your hate mail at realtalk <laughs> at salazcorner.com. Maybe one day I'll give you guys my email. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> it's, it's all love. I love this. Yeah. Anyway, until next time. Burr, 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 burr. Burr.